This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 38. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you can Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas one unconscionable minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Ron Richards and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Connor Kilpatrick. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, so this minute starts out with some uh, with a romantic crane shot. 
and it ends with uh, our good friend Maury complaining about t- about Jimmy. So uh, there you go. Welcome, welcome to Maury Town. <laughs> Buckle up. This so is gonna be a f- we, gotta, this, we gotta get there. This is gonna be a fun ride. We do gotta get there. And so because before we have to get there, we have what might be the slowest shot in the whole movie leading up to them kissing. The slowest crane shot ever. I just was like, get on with it. So this is post Bobby Vinton concert where they are sitting in Henry's convertible drinking champagne. Did they steal the glasses? Well, they had two extras. Yeah, they they did have two extras on the table. Yeah, yeah. Well, he just went. Maybe maybe they brought their own. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so they're, 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 they're enjoying it. Not only is it a crane shot, but it's a crane and twist, Josh. Yeah, it goes right up over the car and looks down on them. Yeah. And we have to just wait for it. And, and and it only feels slow if you watch this movie one minute at a time and so much of it moves so quickly that I was just like, oh, we're just going to wait here for a second. Yeah. And I wasn't used to it. Yeah. I, li- I like the, the, the voiceover is Karen talking about how impressed she was and how wooed she was and thought, you know, how great a, a young kid with all these connections, uh, which I think is very fun, a funny way of, of, of seeing rose colored glasses, right? Sure. <laughs> I'd say that's 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 a very good explanation for what she was doing. Although, <laughs> she put those on herself. Yes, yeah, she did. You know, I think I think she knew she's no babe in the. Don't give me the babe in the wood. That's later. I also like that she uh, deftly puts the champagne glass down as the camera is <laughs> twisting, because Hot like floor space in a car like that. Because there's the moment where it's oh, it's gonna happen. This is gonna happen, right? You see, you see it. It hangs there. It oh, hangs yeah. there. Yeah. I wonder if it's begun already. I know. Well, yeah, there you go. Does she have a lot of experience in this arena? Yes. Because at that time, it's less likely that she would. Right. Well, I don't want to make girl any... from Long Island. <laughs> whoa, whoa! Hey, she's a good girl. 63. What's the, what's the assumption there? <laughs> I've known a lot of girls from Long Island. <laughs> I, know, I know you do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Oh. We are getting very offensive. <laughs> Everyone is equally offended in this episode. Exactly. Yeah. So. All right. So, uh, so then can we, can we dive in? Are we post-wooing? Are we post-kissing? Can we get into the good stuff? Yes. So and then uh, we so, go to the commercial. So we go to the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> we are introduced, introduced to Maury of Maury's wigs. Maury's wigs don't fall off. <laughs> Not even in water. Not even in water. <laughs> it says they're tested the hurricane force winds. The fun fact for this episode is that hurricane force winds are categorized as 74 through 156 miles an hour plus. So the least it can be is 74, and the highest category five is 156 plus, which means I feel like Maury's lying. Well, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out tomorrow whether Moore is lying or not. No, I, mean, I don't feel like he actually tested these in her case. Her well, case who knows? Um, so, so where do you want to start first? Do you want to start on Moore, or do you want to start with the commercial? I want to. Talk, we want to talk. I, there's commercial stuff we got to get yeah. through first. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, there's a lot of wonderful things about this commercial. <laughs> um, the jump cuts in the commercial are particularly lovely. The fact that he jumps in the pool at one part, they cut back, and he's completely dry, and I should jump in again, which means they did multiple takes and waited for him to dry off. And I'm not talking about in the movie world. I'm talking about in the, the fantasy within, world. Within the reality the, of the movie. Yes, yes. So that means that like at some point he's like, well, we have to shoot. So he kept a crew waiting while he completely dried off, and they did another take, which I like. But maybe the maybe the wig dries faster. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how the wigs work. <laughs> he should I really mention that off. if that was a feature of the wig. He right. should have. They dry quickly if you're on a film shoot. I, I think the larger 
thing about this commercial is that, and I don't know if it's like this in other cities, but there are local tri-state area commercials like this. Well, still? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, well, so yeah. So what's great about this is I remember watching Goodfellas early, like you know when it first came out on VHS in the early '90s, and watching it with my dad, and my dad laughing at this scene, and I'm like, "Why are you laughing?" He's like, "I remember this commercial." Exactly. Like, you know, like, like he, like, the, the, like, so, so there, there, what this commercial was, they recreated, of course, in the movie, but, um, yeah, these local businesses that would film commercials and they w- would get late night airings or they would get, you know, you know, air, cheap airtime, um, you know, commonly in the New York metro area on Channel 11 and Channel 9, right, Connor? Yes. Yep. And you would see these really low production commercials, um, but this one, this one is actually really, really unique and really special because, um, in order to get this commercial made, uh, this was the first thing shot in the movie. Very first thing. Very first thing. It, it actually oh. it was shot a week before cameras even started uh, rolling on Goodfellas. Um, and what happened was is that there was a window commercial for Alco Windows. That featured the owner of Alco Windows selling double insulated glass, and in the commercial he would break the glass and throw money through it and say, "Stop throwing mo- throwing your money through the window," like that sort of thing, right? And Scorsese remembered that commercial um, from the '70s, and they tracked the guy down. And turns out the guy in the commercial, who was the owner of the window business, also directed and made the commercial. So Scorsese hired him to make this commercial. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Isn't that amazing? So what happened was is that – so the guy's name is Stephen Paca, all right? Stephen R. Paca. He owned the company Alco, all I right? Bobby Vinton was the Paca. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Paca wrote the script. He did storyboards. He hired the crew. They found the location. They edited it and put it together, everything, and then gave Scorsese the Maury's Wig commercial. Had he, had he seen – was he basing it off the old one? Yeah, I'm sure there was some reference. To, okay. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Of course, that sort of thing. Would but, they have had it at the time? Is the I, that's a good question. I don't know. I couldn't find whether or not they I actually. I feel like I've. I don't. I didn't do it this time because I'm stupid. But I feel like I've looked for that commercial before. Oh, I have. I have. And and the thing is that the amount of time I've spent watching on YouTube one of those hour long YouTube videos of commercials from the 70s, uh-huh. <laughs> hoping that it'll be on there, but I haven't been able to find it. But okay. I, you can find. Um, the Alco window commercial. Just literally mm-hmm. go to YouTube and search at AALCO window commercial, and you can see Stephen Baca throwing money through the window. Um, I feel like I've actually seen that commercial. Yeah, yeah. So. Because see, like, these, these these local commercials are not gone from the world. I mean, oh, no, no, they're not. No. There's there's. Yeah. I mean, look up Hillside Honda. Well, <laughs> but, I, even, well but even that's a Honda. No, I mean, we, we grew up we we grew up on Phil Rizzuto and the Money Store, Connor. Right. right. I mean, I those, that. Yeah, I those, that. yeah, and the Westchester the Westchester County Fair. Even Channel Fifty Five in New yep. York will still show. I mean, that's still a pretty low, yep. low rent channel. I mean, you, I, I was walking the street the other day, and all of a sudden, the uh, the uh, lullaby of Broadway popped up in my head. Oh, Milford Plaza. That's yes, a, that's Milford a Plaza. classic, classic local ad. Uh, but it's funny because uh, I did not grow up in that area, and I know most of these. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's because I think we we've reminisced about them enough over the yeah. past because we really don't want to be getting old. I really <laughs> wish I walked past the Milford Plaza with my wife. She'd be like, you know that commercial? I'm just like, no, I don't. I, I really wish it was the mid '80s still. But anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. So so this commercial was made to be as authentic as possible. And watching this, you could see they totally pulled it off. And the fact that somebody like my father, who saw the more you know the 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 real Maury's wig commercials, laughed because it reminded him of that. That just shows how you know even in how crudely they did it they 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 nailed it um does more have eye makeup on possibly 
He I kind was... of always looks like he has eye makeup on. Yeah. In the commercial or in the scene? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is a good transition because the, so the commercial in real life would have would have run on crappy TV stations at late nights, and actually that's a good transition because after we see the commercial, it immediately pans from the commercial running in Maury's wig shot to an angry Jimmy. Oh, hold on. I just one one more commercial bit here. Yeah. The end of the commercial, it says. Next to the sweet night. I was going to get to that. I was going to get oh, okay. to that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping ahead. Um, but. I don't want really to know. What are you going to do? You break my balls over here? It transfers. It, it's, it pans to an angry Jimmy. And this is a kind of harken back to reality because the, the reality was is that Jimmy would watch TV at 4 a.m. and see these commercials and seethe because he hated Maury so much in real life or the real Maury. So, mm-hmm. so that that so that's interesting that they're they're tying it, they're weaving in the the reality. Of the fact is that Jimmy would see the commercials on TV and be convinced that this guy had more money than he he was letting on, and get so angry. And this so, is great De Niro face, by the well, way. Well, great what you have face. here is it's important is that not only is there De Niro gangster side look, but it's a side look and hold. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, and yeah. it's not it's not, not a look away and come back. Right now. Yep, he has to hold it, so it's like a. It's like a coiled, you know, like a slingshot. Yeah. Hold back. Well, my favorite bit uh, in this, this, well, this minute's fantastic, but my favorite bit of it from a filmmaking standpoint is that, so when we pull out of the ad, we're talking about seeing De Niro, we hear the ad, and we also hear Maury. So we have double tracks Maury. Yep. And then when we cut to Maury and Henry, we still hear the ad again for some reason. Because so the, the ad is just running on a loop because that's his. That he he spent all that money on that ad. He's going to make sure people see it. Whether so we, any, you know. we have double tracked Maury throughout this whole minute, and yeah. I, like, I just like the way it's transitioned back and forth. Where yeah. cut to the ad, you hear him complaining to Henry. Cut to Henry complaining to Henry. You hear him talking in the ad. It's really interesting, and that 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 must tell you how angry Jimmy was because he had double double Maury going on. Yeah, exactly. Know? Well, so here's a question about that: How did he run that on a loop in his store? That's Technically, a very, that's a very good question. <laughs> you just get a tape. You get a videotape with it. Oh, they yeah. have that. Over yeah. Over and over. No, they, you could take. You, they made a two-hour. Well, it's videotape. Jeez. Yeah. Wait. This is nineteen. Have that. Yeah, they didn't have video. There's no way he could have run that on a loop on a television store on a on a video signal. That is a very well. No, they've got to have some sort of tape. How did they play the commercials at the station? Well, they would have had tape. But well, yeah, it's but a so big he probably he, he probably invested in the machine so he then could do Jimmy's this. Jimmy's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. No, Jimmy's right. <laughs> I want to know about if you're at home and you know something about that because it's my understanding that a affordable video system was not a thing in the cards at this time. And even if you, you'd have to make a tape that was like oh, it's three quarter inch. Yeah. Yeah. No, but he'd have to put all the, the commercials in a loop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like over that. and over and over again. I don't that's think the that, easiest I, part of the whole scenario. Yeah, I don't think that's the problem. Yeah, I think the problem is the equipment and all that sort of stuff. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe somebody knows. They can. Whoever, what, well, maybe whoever made him the the commercial provided him as part of the deal with the tape. Yeah. Tape's not the th- yeah, but, yeah, but the tape's not the thing. <laughs> that's a that's a minor thing. Anyway, so they are there. Henry is 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 uh, talking to Maury intently because it sounds as if there's some sort of disagreement over money owed. And uh, that's that, that's where I, I, this is probably a good time to give you the background on on who Maury is based on. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So Maury is actually uh, based on uh, well, the character's name is Morris Kessler, uh, which is actually the same name as a gangst, uh, gangster from the 1930s. And who knows if it's a coincidence or not? That's because he named the character Morris Kessler, uh, whether it's after that gangster. I feel or like not. there's no coincidence in this scenario. Yeah, no, exactly. But um, he is based on a real person by the name of Martin Krugman. 
Okay. And Martin Krugman lived in Valley Stream with his wife. And he was the owner of the for men only hair salon and wig shop, uh, which happened to be uh, on Metropolitan Avenue in Ridgewood, Queens, and happened to be right next door to the suite, which was a nightclub that Henry Hill owns. And uh, I don't, in terms of the timeline, I don't know if we have established that Henry owns a nightclub at this point. But they, they, I don't think they ever actually talk about it in the movie. They don't, yeah. And then we're, the suite will, the, the suite as a location will come up later in the movie into a very decisive scene. But um, but yeah, so the idea was is that uh, this hair salon and wig shop was right next door to this nightclub where Henry owned and all the gangsters hung out. Um, and uh, Martin Krugman as a person, not only was he a hair stylist and, and created these wigs and was kind of in all that, he also was uh, very into betting. And in the upstairs of the wig shop, he ran a betting and bookmaking center for gangsters, JFK air, airport employees, basically anybody who likes to gamble on sports or whatever. He's a bookie. Um, He's a bookie, yeah. So what happened was is that he would – he actually – upstairs, he had um, sheets, handwritten sheets of all the bets, and he personally kept tabs on who was making the bets. Um, and in fact, he would only do business with established uh, neighborhood people, people that he knew he could trust. Um, and he had a whole system where each person was assigned an identification number to place a bet, and they would call a phone number. They would state their ID number and then say what they wanted to bet with and how much the wager was. Um, a lot of times they were betting directly on whether a team was going to win or not. Um, sometimes the football and basketball, it was for the spread, uh, which by the way, I'm 38 and I still don't understand how that works. Um, <laughs> but basically no, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and basically what happened is that, that, uh, uh, Martin Krugman, he would give a lot of, you know, he would, he would give favorites a point of advantage, advantage, you know, given what the spread was. And so he also charged a commission or a VIG as it's called, uh, basically 10 cents on the dollar for any losing bets. Um, and then he had a, uh, he had an enforcer, this guy, Frank Mena, who was his kind of his muscle. And basically if they, uh, if somebody, uh, earned, then they would do the payout. If somebody owed them, then they would lean on them to settle their debts and all that sort of stuff. Uh, basically in a good week with this whole system, uh, Krugman and Mena, they would turn about $12,000 in profit on a weekly basis. Jesus. Yeah. So. So in you think do- he could afford a better commercial? I know, yeah. So in doing this, yeah, they attracted a lot of unsavory types. Um, but you know, but it was also a nice neighborhood business. Paul Vario, uh, Paulie, uh, was rumored to have bought a wig there. <laughs> so, uh, so not only is he furnishing the styles of the uh, gangsters, but he's taking their bets. Um, and Henry liked him. Henry Henry liked uh, Martin as a person. Is he, oh, do you realize that Henry always likes everybody? He's he a friendly seems, guy. Uh, Henry liked Frenchie. He liked more. He liked Martin. He liked all this stuff. Uh, Jimmy. Hated him, hated him with a passion, and like I said earlier, he'd see the ad at 4 a.m. and think that uh, Maury was holding back on him for money that he owed him for bets and things like that, um, and would get incensed. Um, also, uh, Martin Krugman was a bit of a uh, he got a lot of uh, got made fun of a lot because he suffered from hyper hyperthyroidism, which gave him bulging eyeballs. And so he would often wear tinted sunglasses to hide that fact. Although in real life, in the commercial, he had no problem taking the sunglasses off to jump in the pool. So. The actor sort of, sort of, that sort of part of what his look is too. That yeah. kind of works. Yeah, exactly. That's neat. Yeah. I, I just thought it was notable that that the commercial says it's next to the suite. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, which is weird because like because uh, if we were making a commercial, I wouldn't do like that's not like that that sticks out. And I think well, I it, wanted to know how yeah. how well known the suite must have been. To well, you often you often yeah. uh, point out a local landmark. You know, yeah. just just minutes from the uh, Wendy's the on Route Forty Seven. Yeah, it would have to be a landmark. Or you, or a very noticeable sign in which 
you know, maybe the Sweets nightclub sign was really big and noticeable, whereas the Maury's Wig Shop was very small. Potentially. Or it could just be a nod to anybody who knows what they know. And I, th- you know, I think that, yeah. I think that's what it is, yeah. That's what I think it is, too. But, so. So um, did you note that, that Maury in the movie, uh, he speaks nothing like any of the other people. He's very, he's, he's very, uh, his enunciation is perfect. He's using big words. He's, he's saying he's an unconscionable ball breaker. Yeah. Well, he's, I like that. He's, he's, a, he's a different he's type of person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's a, you know, like he, he's, you know, like with Frenchie, we said how Frenchie was, you know, he went to college, he was educated and he wanted to be in with these guys. Maury has created this whole vast wig empire. And his his connection with these guys was both geographic, but then also the betting. You know what I mean? Like, if he's not into the betting, he doesn't do business with these guys. You know? Well, he, this leads me to my other question, is that he doesn't he know who he's dealing with? Oh, yeah. Doesn't oh, yeah. he know it's really stupid to talk about Jimmy like that with Jimmy in earshot? Or does he think that he's invincible in some way? He, I think he puts himself above these guys in general, which is part of the reason why he talks the way he does. Yeah. But I think he's also arrogant enough to think he's untouchable for whatever reason yeah. or that he's in well he did paulie's wig well yeah and a combination of both and actually he there's, there's something that happens in tomorrow's episode in the next minute that that is related to that so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have to wait and hear about that but fair enough yeah but uh yeah Mar- martin uh martin krugman was uh quite the interesting folks and he will after this introduction he will play a very big role in the rest of this movie at least in the in the in what we could say is probably the biggest heist of the whole movie right so yes yeah agree agree it's a lot, but uh, he's he, it's it's Maury is one of my favorite characters of this movie, just because he's it's he, he it's great. he's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. I mean, more so than Pesci as as Tommy D. You know, yes. like in, in a different way. You know, yep. um, yeah, and and you know, like and you know, inspired by a well known at least at the time presence in in you know Queens. You know, like he was on TV. I like that he's just another character with with a massive amount of hubris who just doesn't realize how self destructive he is. Yeah, which is a, a theme. Yeah, here. And Ma- Maury's wigs don't come off, not even in water. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna contest the hurricane force winds. Well, I think they come right off. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out tomorrow when he gets hit with a hurricane force wind. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! But there's some great. There's some great. And we'll talk about more tomorrow. But there's some uh, great improv by by the actor here, um, oh. who's playing playing more. What's it, what's his name? We'll talk about tomorrow. Well, yeah, we'll tomorrow. Chuck, 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 Chuck Low. Chuck Low. Yes, like unconscionable ball breaker was an improv that was not scripted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also like how Maury's got. He's got a comb in his pocket. He's got. He's got like that's a, just tools of the trade. Yeah, I know. He's got a shirt that's got Maury embroidered on it. Like it's you know like and he's and he's got this flare like his wig. He's got this nice little curl to it. It's just like he's he's living the dream. I love Maury. So, and I just also love how exasperated Henry here is. Like there's one point where where after Maury says you know Jimmy I've never had to pay this big Jimmy's being a ball breaker and Henry just puts his head in his hands and he's like oh which is, what are you which doing? Which is the actual true end of the minute is yeah. that he just goes. Uh, well, yeah. uh, Henry's Henry's the deal maker. Yep. Henry wants everyone to get along and then make money, and just trying to get these guys to calm the fuck down. Yep. All exactly. this ego. Yep. Speaking of done. speaking of fuck, the fuck report, the fuck count Ooh. zero. Really. And the fuck report for yesterday, which we neglected, zero. All right. It's kind of impressive. Not tomorrow. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming like a hurricane. <laughs> we can't. We haven't tested that. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else on this minute? No. Connor, any fun facts? 
we did it already early. Like, oh. we, we topped the show off. The Hurricane Force wins. Oh, this is 74 long... miles an hour. I didn't realize that was the fun fact. I'm sorry. I said the fun fact. All right. Well, that's it for Minute 38. So to tune in I'm, tomorrow I'm from... Some... Tune in for for more Maury fun tomorrow with Minute 39. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Goodfellas Min and on Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellas Minute. And you can find everything, all of our back episodes, over at goodfellasminute.com. And you can also find information on how to support the show at goodfellasminute.com slash support, where you can find a link to our Patreon, where you can become a recurring uh, uh, patron of the show, which we really appreciate everyone who's done that. Or you can shop at Amazon using our link and help us get a little taste of it in the action. Uh, if you have any questions or anything to note, you can email us at contact at goodfellasminute.com. And and uh, until tomorrow, I'll see you later. My wig's staying on. I don't have a wig. I don't know why I said that. It's out there. <laughs> or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is on.